do that thing. We're going to hit the records. Now I got to be careful what I say. Absolutely. But uh, I'm making that Polish poison sauce today at home. <laughs> and so like some of obviously like the, the, the alcohol itself is the best part. Mm-hmm. But, like some of the added like side effects is that like your house smells like lemon pledge, which is really fucking nice. Yeah. So if you like toss because we keep like the peels. Yep. And like if you toss the peels in like a little cup full of ice and you just put it in your room, it'll like freshen it up and stuff. And that will mm. be like super. Um, it'll smell nice. It'll feel new. It'll you know smell I mean? nice and feel new. Yeah. You know, especially when you got like stanky ass socks all over the place. True. I'm guilty of that one. <laughs> I think we all are, Gabe. Yeah, man. It's just sometimes when, you know, you, you peel it off, you toss it, you forget about it. And then a week later, you're like, God damn it. Why is there only one fucking sock? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long week. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, um, I came home from the gym yesterday mm-hmm. and I went to go take a shower and I, you know, I, obviously be in the middle of winter. I want it to be as hot as fucking possible Correct. for a little bit. Right. Yep. Dude, that bitch was not hot, and I was just like, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> the other, well, da- the other, uh, the other, yeah, a couple weeks ago, uh, I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna go shower." Adrian's I was like, "Okay." Meanwhile, she does a, uh, a load of laundry, a load of laundry, and, and washing the dishes. And, so, yeah, yeah, exact same shit that happened at my house. And I'm like, I'm like, "Why is it cold?" I'm like, "Oh, she's fucking doing a load of laundry, and she got the dishwasher going." God I'm like, "Fuck, Pick one, <laughs> yeah, fuck." Fifteen minutes, girl. Give me fifteen minutes. That's right? all I need. Jeez. Yeah, so that was that was a. I'm like, okay, I gotta get the fuck out of here because I can't, I can't do cold showers. I just can't. It's against Good. the against the rules. <laughs> I mean, if it's like a 90 degree day, maybe. Yeah. You know, but like it being fucking what has it been recently? Like 30 degrees. 30. I mean, it dropped down to like 14 the other day. Oh yeah, that was nasty. Yeah, 14, like 10. Stayed the fuck inside that day. Absolutely. Fuck all that. But that's just the life, man. That's how. That's how we. Utilize. That's how it be in the Midwest. Absolutely. Fuck. I was kidding. Okay. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, I was telling Gabe about my fantasy team and uh, things are and looking. The comeback. Up. The yeah. comeback kid. Yeah, it could happen. I mean, uh, stranger things have happened in my life. So I, so now he's the comeback kid. What was the previous nickname? The loose cannon. Yeah. The loose cannon. The loose cannon. Yeah. Good there was thing. that. Yeah. And then when you're a grandpa, what are we gonna call you? The, uh, ha- the hanging sack. No, <laughs> not quite. Not quite that. Um, I don't know. I have to think about that. Cause yeah, I'm not. It's it's weird. There's a line in a Lil Wayne song, and it goes something along the lines of, my nuts hang like ain't no curfew, and I think that's fucking hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good, right? That's fucking stupid. (laughs) What did you say about, there was another Lil Wayne thing that you quoted like way, way back. He has some really good ones. Uh, The one I really like is a real G's moving silence like like lasagna. lasagna. That's what it was, yeah. Dude, when when I heard that shit the first time, I was like, we have peaked. (laughs) Yeah, you're not getting much better than that. It is what it is. Um, so yeah, man, are you ready, Gabe? Oh, yeah. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids Podcast, episode number 143. 143, we got it right this time. Yeah. Yeah. I had to double check before we, we started. But I feel like that's like our yearly thing, just one episode. We're like, fuck, what episode is it? <laughs> Shoot. And yeah, instead of discussing it off air, like it's we probably- in the pre-roll. Yeah. Man, like, well, let's hope we get it right. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we are back on a cold day on the south side of Chicago, Illinois. I'm your host, Jacob. And of course, today I have Gabe. Ahoy. Gabe, how you? how's everything going, buddy? Good man, thank you for asking. It's been a uh, um, what kind of week has it been? It's been an all right week. I can't complain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, dude, that's it. <laughs> I got nothing exciting. This same, week. same. Yeah, uh, we're closing in at the end of the year. Uh, you and I have already discussed things we want to do heading into the new year. Yeah, uh, we got a couple of. Uh, I know, like I said, I want. Well, we got a retro review uh, for the first episode of the new year. Correct. And then um, I'm gonna lay down the challenge on air. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in case you don't follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and all yeah. of our social media, Absolutely. here's the challenge. Uh, we saw a list of, I believe it was the ten best albums of this decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said we can make a better list for this scene. Yeah. Uh, regarding metalcore, hardcore, mm-hmm. just the general umbrella term yeah. of the scene for all this sort of music that we like. Correct. And so I challenged you to 10 albums that best define the scene over the past decade. Um, I have four slash five floating around right now that I'm pretty confident will make my cut. Um, and the kind of format is, I mean, usually what we bring to the table where state the album, state why. Yeah. And then react. Absolutely. Uh, you see, because... Uh like I said, Gabe brought this up, and I'm like, okay, well, 
we had to make some rules because the rules being that I think only one album per artist. Yeah, because there's I th- there's like four artists that could easily make two or three albums. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so far, I have seven artists named. Okay. Now, as far as selections, I'll have to take a closer look because they're like the first. The you first, know that this band for sure is going to make the cut. Yes, but I don't know exactly which release is going to be or which one I would want to put on the end of the decade best of list. Yeah, absolutely. But there's definitely some good stuff on here. I, I got some stuff, and I'm trying to be as objective about this list as I can because, yeah. I mean, you know, as much as, like, I want to give Vanna something mm-hmm. or Devil Wears Prada, I'm going into this very objectively, and I think it's going to be a good spicy talk that we're going to have next week. Yeah, so definitely it's something that's coming up. Um yeah, that's definitely next week because it's going to be fun, though, to look back a little bit. And you mentioned something that was, I thought was interesting, a little bit of an interesting conversation piece. Because um, you were talking about, well, we definitely got to fit in, like, some of the more recent stuff. <clears throat> yeah. And, and my, my thought process behind it, I don't know if you agree or not, but it's, it's kind of, for me, it would be really difficult to put something that's new. Sure. Uh, just due to the fact that we don't, we haven't seen the, the prolonged impact quite yet. Uh, because I'm sure if we would have done this in, let's say, like 2009, I'm sure we came as Romans to plant the seed would have been way the fuck up there, right, for the previous decade. Sure. But as we've stated last week on the pod or whatever we did the retro review, things don't age as well, you know. So, yeah. uh, well, I, I do think there are a couple of uh, albums, and I don't want to, you know, spoil my list or give anything away, but I do think there are a couple of albums by newer bands that definitely have already fucked up the landscape in the two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years that they've been out. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I just don't want to give away which album it is, but I think we got a pretty good idea. For sure. Uh, that and Gabe's like, well, EPs. I'm like, ah, that's too much. Like, it's making yeah. life too complicated. Yeah. Because well, um, there are a few EPs that could definitely clear the list. Yeah. I mean, we had a, our first year of the pod, we had an EP take our album or release of the year. Yeah. That was kind of cheating. Yeah. Uh, the Code Orange EP, the yeah. Fever, uh, Fever, yeah. Fever 333 EP. Yeah. So no EPs, yeah. straight albums, um, and one per artist, and I believe that's it. Yeah, I believe those are the rules that we had put down for that. So that's something to look forward to next week on the pod, right before we close out the year. Obviously, with the first episode coming back, we'll also have our year in review, which is one of my more favorite episodes that we do every single yeah, year. Yeah, it's nice looking back at I, it, man. I love the year in review episode. I uh, feel like I've paid more attention to like the movie releases, the album releases, and shit like that throughout the year because... Of the year in review wrap up, absolutely. Uh, that definitely helps, kind of, um, you know, organize your thoughts a little bit. Because like, normally, I think you you were probably the same way when before the pod, but when you would listen to albums, you're like, oh, that was cool, and you would never write it down, and you know, you would kind of have this magical list in your head that you know, yeah. And then would, the album disappears for a couple of years, and it pops back up. And you're like, oh yeah, I remember these guys. Absolutely, and uh, this allows us to kind of organize that and kind of put it into. Uh, I don't want to say like record, but record, you know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> something that is documented for sure. Absolutely. freaking <laughs> Let's talk some movies, TVs and books. So we got some trailers this week. Yeah, we got some good ones too. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, so coming from the shit show that was the previous Ghostbusters mm-hmm. movie, we got this uh, second gen, this reincarnation mm-hmm. of the spirit of Ghostbusters with, uh, is it their kids? It's, uh, it's, it's kids. It's gra- a group of kids. grandkids. Grandkids. Yeah. Um, um, how fitting. Yeah. It's, uh, this is something that. When I saw, I'm like, wow. I'm like, this actually kind of blew me away. I was kind of shocked. And it's kind of a different look uh, at Ghostbusters lore. I mean, because the, basically, I think it was 2016, whatever year the fucking movie came out. Um, essentially, what it was was just a female filter over the previous story, basically. Yeah. Very little. Um, Changes, modifications. Yeah, correct. Uh, and to me, I mean, those girls weren't nearly as funny as Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd. You know, I mean, you, know you won't get much funnier than that. So this is like a, a sequel. This is Ghostbusters 3, essentially. Uh, you know, Ghostbusters 3 is something that I think a large portion of people have wanted since 2, you know. Um, and this is continuing the story of the original 4, you know, uh, from the Ghostbusters. And t- essentially what it is is you're taking, who was it, Egon's grand- yeah. grandkids. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are discovering this land that he left behind for them because he has since passed away. And ghost activity is going down. So these kids are going to strap up and fucking be the Ghostbusters. And uh, Paul Rudd's in it. I'm a big Paul Rudd fan. I'm uh, anything he's behind. I'm automatically signed up it, for. It's that it's that face he does when he tells jokes, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, and this was awesome. This I think this kind of it's 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 what, passing the baton spiritually yeah. and like figuratively because we got I, I can't remember the actor's name, but oh boy from uh, Stranger Things, young Ollie, Finn uh, Wolfhead, Finn whatever. Yeah. Um, and you know I kind of mentioned to you like this guy is gonna be like a international superstar by the time he's like 25 yeah for sure and seeing him take up the mantle of 
um, a, a Ghostbuster is kind of wild. Yeah, to think sure. about absolutely, and it's an, it's a new take. It's a different take. Uh, something that I think. I think we'll play with the fun, with your nostalgia bone a little bit, but won't necessarily rely on it too much. I think there's going to be a lot of callbacks for sure. Uh, I think that's expected, but I don't. I think it's going to be more of an homage and not straight up ripping off and trying to steal that. You kind know, of ma- we, magic we always and wonder. joke that uh, like, what year is it? Because we got a Star Wars, a Terminator movie, blah blah blah. You mm-hmm. know, we always make that joke on this podcast. But sure. it's interesting to see how, like I just said, like how the baton's been passed on figuratively because we got in Creed, and um, I actually like both creed movies quite a lot mm-hmm. and i would say that you know if, if we're counting them in the rocky films they would make my top five easy okay um and it's interesting to see what these franchises these mega million dollar franchises are doing to survive and adapt in modern day yeah uh i think it's a good call it's definitely it definitely looked really good i love the way it looks somebody said in like a good way that it looks like a really well-made fan-made film yeah, and it, it, and it doesn't feel like a cash grab. I think that's the yeah. most important thing to emphasize here. Absolutely, because the, the the previous one did feel like a cash grab because it just kind of it didn't have it. You know, what I mean, it was just like, well, this is the Ghostbusters, and just pass because hey, we brought the Ghostbusters back. It's this one feels like it had a sto- yeah. This one feels like it had a story to tell, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think it's coming out in the summer, which is going to be a fantastic summer blockbuster. I'm sure. I'm sure it'll get people into the theater, and hopefully, it does well because uh, I like it. It looks good. Speaking about summer blockbusters, uh, Wonder Woman '84 trailer. Yeah. Yeah, fucking Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot doing God's work with this damn DC, holding it up on her own, on her own back, doing the damn thing by herself, making DC look fucking good. And uh, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, Gal Gadot is the one shining spot in the whole entire DC universe, DCU, EU, whatever the fuck we're calling it. Um, And it looks fantastic. And I love the 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 aesthetic of it. We've talked about it. It looks really good, man. We've talked about this before. and it looks good, man. It looks real fucking cool. It's, I think it's a next logical step from where we left off because I think the last one was a World War II kind of a movie taking place in that area. And this is a little bit more shiny, a little bit more bright, neon, if you will. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of bringing Wonder Woman into the next uh, the next level of her development. The next gen. Yeah, the next gen. Well, quite literally. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, um, and I, my thing is, is, like, the people who know her, why are we not questioning the fact that she is not aging? Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, you know, it's it's Wonder Woman, so I guess we can she can get away with that type of stuff. But yeah, like I said, doing God's work looks absolutely fantastic. Uh I liked a lot of the the aesthetic of it. It looked fucking good. So hopefully, um, you know, it it, it leaves off where the last one left off and continues to pay tribute and do a great job. And like I said, hold up this fucking whole universe on her own. Yeah, absolutely. Uh I, I think the joke here is uh you know, it was like, oh, you missed the spot. Yeah. Well, that's DC. Well, that's everybody at DC, but the spot that's missed is the only thing that's clean on the fucking plate. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Everything else is just coated in sludge. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was kind of fascinating that Chris Pine's character is back because, spoiler alert, yeah. he was killed off at the end of uh, the first Wonder Woman. So I'm wondering what, what the play with that is. So, uh, there's some theories going around. but um, Visions, dreams. Well, that or he's a Green Lantern now. Somebody said that he was selected as a Green yeah, Lantern. Yeah, let's not let's not touch the uh, the <laughs> yeah. Lantern core quite yet yeah. until we get. Oh, you know who'd make a great Green Lantern? Paul Rudd would make a great Green fucking Lantern. Hmm. Hell, Jordan. Chris Pine wouldn't be bad either, though. I think that'd be a pretty decent choice. Yeah, maybe Chris Pontius. <laughs> shut, the, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Shut up. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Looks good and uh, doing God's work. So. Keep it up, Wonder Woman. You're holding. You're, you're our only holding hope. it down. You're our only hope. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along. So, official Keanu Reeves Day has been announced. I believe it's May twentieth, twenty twenty one, because John Wick and Matrix Four have been announced for the same exact release day uh, in twenty twenty one. And a month prior to that, we get Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven mm. with Keanu Reeves. Yeah. So. Keanu doing his thing. I don't think both of them will. One of them is going to slip down. I think Matrix. Yeah, Matrix going to slip. Probably. Yeah, so probably going to slip. So I thought that's kind of interesting because there's no way that both of them are going to stay. No, uh, on 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 schedule with him working the way he's working these days. I don't know. The difference here is that John Wick has a lot of steam, whereas the Matrix ran out of steam about ten years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I want to see the Matrix succeed. But I just don't think that's the way things are going to go. Because yeah. every Matrix fan I know goes, oh, yeah, there's a two and three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's a lot of the, the sentiment that people share. Um, I think um, too much of a good thing is a bad thing. And I think the Matrix is kind of the 
the the prime example of that. I I think if you would quit while you were ahead. Yeah, I think if you would have left off with Matrix One, I think you might have had just one of the straight best sci-fi uh, films, blockbusters, of, yeah, films of all time. Uh, but they, you kind of clouded up a little bit with two and three. Now I don't hate two and three like everybody else seems to. Uh, I quite enjoyed them, but um, I do understand that they may not have been as high as quality as people wanted, or maybe the story got a little confusing, which it absolutely did. Um, if you're playing close enough attention, though, it wasn't like overwhelming or anything. So uh, I just think it's interesting. Uh, I like how, like you said, Keanu's kind of had a career resurgence over the last five years or so, and uh, suddenly he's everywhere and people love him. Oh, and He's in the SpongeBob movie, Bill and Ted 3. Yeah. Uh, he was in Toy Story Four. Keep yep. don't forget about that. Mm-hmm. He man, he's got he's he's moving and grooving. So good on you, Keanu. And uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be fun. A fun set of blockbuster films. I imagine the Matrix is gonna be a pushback to like July. I I could see that happening. Um, and still kind of be within the same window, but I could see it being pushed back. Good stuff, good stuff. Lots of good things coming this summer, and uh, let's cha cha real smooth into gaming. Whoa, 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 whoa! Real oh. quick, real quick. Oh yeah, real quick. Oh, you want? You want to talk Star Wars? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> okay, so let's talk Star Wars. Um, we have just about a week until we get Episode Nine, the end of the uh, sequel trilogy, I believe, is what we're calling it. And yeah. Mr. Jake, <laughs> Mr. Jake's making predictions, and he's writing a better movie. And yeah. we made it. We made it almost twelve months, buddy. Yeah, we we made it like eleven and some change before your your fucking brain started going haywire. Talk to me. All right, so um. <laughs> yeah, me. There, when the last Jedi came out, me and Gabe were like uber excited for it. You guys can look back at those episodes, and there was like a probably five, six, seven episode period where we were shooting theories at each other, things that we wanted to see, and um, much to our disappointment, none of those things happened. <laughs> Literally, none of them. Yeah, like none of them. Which is funny because I think you and I did a pretty good job of calling seven, pretty much exactly how yep. it happened. Uh, I think we nailed seven pretty pretty well. And eight, we just missed. I don't know. Um, Different director, man. We didn't know what to expect. Yeah, he took a hard right when he should have took a hard left. And I think Ryan Johnson's idea was to kind of just cut off some of the more interesting plot points that Abrams left kind of loose. But I like how Abrams like, no, fuck that. We're opening those things back up. You you want more of Kylo Ren in the mask? Well, guess what? You're going to get some Kylo Ren in the fucking mask. Things like that. Um, (laughs) With that being said, they have dropped a shit ton of trailers, footage, li- footage, sneak previews, things like that recently in the last week or so. And I cannot help but to get excited. Uh, as Gabe stated, you know, at this point next week, and it will be on next week's podcast agenda. Are you seeing it that weekend? I plan on it's coming out, what, the 20th? Yeah. I, I plan on seeing it, hopefully. Um, before the next week's podcast, we'll okay. chat because I'm seeing it on Sunday morning, so it will be before the, obviously at least before the podcast rolls. And um, I just don't want to. Oh, your Star Wars because it's bigger than that. Whether we want to um, give it stock, so we're not disappointed because Gabe's like, "Don't do it, don't do it." Because you know what? Because <laughs> eight wasn't that awful of a movie in retrospect, yeah. but because. We wrote a better one. We ended up hating it. And that's exactly what happened. Correct. And um, God so, damn, we should fucking write our thoughts down and just make fucking Star Wars novels. Right? For sure. Um, so with this, I mean, we, we, we documented it so we could just go back and. <laughs> yeah. And then you're going to get a fucking uh, cease and desist <laughs> from the mouse. Yeah, for sure. Um, but with this, uh, like I said, a lot of the footage that we've seen. Um, Man, just test out your theory, bro. You're dancing around it. Okay. You think that the water planet is Camino? Yeah, I think the water planet is Camino. I think um, Palpatine has been hiding on Camino or thereabouts within the unknown rims of the universe. You think he's been transferring his soul to like clone trooper bodies that have been remnants? Not, not just that. I think he is trying to catch remnants of all kinds of Force users throughout history and cloning them to create this army that he wants to create behind the scenes. Now. There's a theory that I have about Ray. All right. Um, I think you you and I have both speculated that maybe she's a clone of somebody or she was, you know, a descendant of somebody. I have a theory. What's your about theory? that? She's a clone of Luke. Listen to me. Because when she touched the lightsaber, Luke's lightsaber, she got like this fucking force memory thing that happened to her, right? Where it looked like you hear Darth Vader breathing and it looked like she was on the Cloud City. Right before Luke got his hand cut off, right? That's my that's my thing, and um, 
And some of the footage, again, this is all intentionally laid out. So I could be falling for the goddamn trap because, you know, that's what they do. Uh, but there was a very deliberate scene in one of the TV spots where you hear Sidious's voiceover saying, Jackal. yeah, no, not just that, but him saying now it's time for her to learn her story. And as she said that she was looking at her hand like this. And the, to me, it's just, there's a disconnect. There's something there. And like I said, they could be just trying to like lead you down this way so they can fucking slap you across the head. But, um, there's also things with baby Yoda, you know, from the Mandalorian, where does he factor into all of this? There is going to be a tie-in from The Mandalorian to the new Star Wars movie. What is the tie-in? Are these things related? We don't know much about the origin of Yoda's race. We don't know very You're much. You're doing it. Yeah. You're fucking doing it. <laughs> we don't know much about the origin of Yoda's race. And uh, it just makes sense to me that... Yes, uh, Mr. J.J. Abrams, uh, I have a script ready for Star Wars Episode Ten: Rise of the Darth Jake. <laughs> And uh, I just think it's interesting. And uh, you and I talked about how, um, and it's funny how we didn't even think about it at the time, but how the final battle between Ray and Kylo Ren would mirror, but reverse kind of the final it battle. Would contrast. Between, yeah, would contrast. That's the word I'm looking for. Would contrast the the duel against on Anakin. Mustafar. Yeah, and Obi-Wan on Mustafar. But we didn't even think that that planet could potentially be Kamino. And uh, apparently there's a lot of, I mean, you probably know better than I, uh, a lot of, I guess a tragic story about how Camino, Camino, how everything played out for them. Yeah, Cody died on Camino. We did an episode about that mm-hmm. on the other podcast. But here's my thing, dude. Well, when Seven was coming out, we got all the trailers. We're like, sweet, we're back on Tatooine. Like every other movie, we're back on fucking Tatooine, right? Yeah. Uh, but it was Jakku. And I think that's what they're going to pull. I don't think that Disney at the moment or the writers have the stones to bring it back to Camino and bring it back to kind of... Uh, I guess really the start of when shit hit the fan yeah. in in you know chronological movies. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be just some rando uh, aquatic planet because, like I said, uh, I don't think Manan is canon anymore. But that was like a really popular like oceanic planet mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I just don't see them trying to tie a nice bow on the franchise. I think they're more prioritized with merchandising characters because obviously you know that when Walmart drops that. Um, the Ray red lightsaber with the click staff thing. We're going to want them and they're going to be like $65. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be like, Hey babe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You already know. I yeah. think they're more concerned with wrapping up the stories of seven, eight and nine and making money as opposed to wrapping up star Wars as a nine set collection. Well, I think that, well, that that's the whole problem with the whole, um, marketing of this then is because it's, it's very heavily leaning on the end of the whole entire saga not just the end of this set of movies, but it's like the whole final battle is all coming to an end now. Even if this movie was three and a half hours like the fucking Irishman, that would still not be enough time to wrap everything up with no loose ends. I mean, I think uh, you'll definitely have loose ends, but I think there's stuff that needs to be said and things that do have to be kind of brought to an end. Uh, and it would be nice to have some prequel trilogy tie-in. Tie-in. Totally agree with you. You know what I mean? It would be nice to kind of say that, hey, oh, yeah, all these things, they're related. You know what I mean? All these things happen. But, and- but you know what you do with that chess move? What's that? You fuck yourself with that chess move. Because if that movie does things that you want it to, like wrap up um, some story and plot beats from prior films and kind of bring it back around full circle, that'll essentially render... Seven and eight worthless. Think about that. How what so? did what did they do? At the seven did nothing at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It just presented and set up. New characters, yeah. And then eight, there's some wiggle room there. But if nine wraps it all up, <laughs> it'll well, render those two the, the, useless. The problem with the problem with it though, the issue that I have with the, the new set is that because seven set up all these things that were intriguing and eight effectively wiped the floor with them anyways, we're kind of left with we're, we're, we're neutral. Yeah. We're kind of left with what we previously saw, what we saw before all of this, you know, we're kind of left with all those storylines because assuming, you know, that they don't do something, introduce new things and try to wrap them all up within the same movie, which will become kind of a cluster. I think all we have at this point is to try to maybe tie in some of the loose ends at the end, you know, um, and there's definitely stuff there that needs to be talked about. And one of the footage that we saw, um, you know, Kylo Ren arrived at this 
planet, which seemed to be like a Sith temple. Did it kind of look like a Sith temple to you? A little bit, yep. Uh, where he's kind of fallen down. And, kind of reminiscent of uh, Vader's castle in Rogue One. Yeah, a little bit of that. Um, you know, So he's going down, and he's hearing Sidious in his head. He's like, I've been every voice that has been in your head the whole entire time. And it was it was Sidious's voice, it was uh, Snoke's voice, and it was Vader's voice. So where does Sidious fall? He's the Grand Puppeteer. Yeah, the Grand Master of it all. And, um, you know, is it just a change? Was he just puppeting Snoke the whole time and Snoke was actually working for him? Those are things that we can talk about in question because Lord knows. Yeah. I mean, those are things we can get from trailers. Mm -hmm. Um, When the actual movie comes out and uh, we're pulling our hair out as to why none of it makes sense anymore. um, (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I, I totally understand. And, like, some of your points definitely have some weight in regards to maybe it's just my bias maybe just you and i just vibe really well off star wars and we write a better fucking movie (laughs) but here we are again two years later doing the exact same fucking thing that we said we wouldn't do and i understand that speculation is part of the fun it is part of discussion is like the rest of the fun yeah but we got to get to that middle point between the two where we watch the movie yeah, because my, cause my whole clone theory, I'm like, I have to share this with somebody because it makes sense to me and I needed to make sense to somebody else. So like, I reached out to like my sisters and my dad and, and my mom. I, I have an my, idea. My wife, I FaceTime her at work when, as I was sitting there thinking about it because I was like doing work. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. And I was thinking about it. And I think there's, I hope, I hope that I am more on par with J.J. Abrams as far as his thought process okay. than I was with, like, Ryan Johnson, who took, like I said, like a hard left somewhere. Because, uh, we, like I said, we did a pretty good job calling J.J. Abrams' first film in the set. Um, so I would like that if we lined up again at some point, maybe Ryan Johnson is just a different type of Star Wars fan. You know what I mean? Maybe that's why the thing took you know hard left and why we kind of got upset by it. Maybe we're more online with how J.J. Abrams sees. Yeah, maybe he was the more uh, mainline kind of Star Wars guy that whose most Star Wars fans' visions aligned with his. Yeah, so that's maybe that's just what the disconnect that we've had. Maybe it was best that we didn't bring in another director to take another adaptation of it. Because at the end of the day, we've talked about you know the, the original set where at the end of the day it was one man who had the vision. And the directors were working around his vision. In the second set, same deal. One man had the vision and every director was working around his. So now we don't have that. So, um, to you know, this has its positive and its negatives. But um, I just think I would love for some of these things to connect. Because that's what a lot of them, like the first two movies, didn't do. They didn't have much association. It's like, oh, yeah, the prequel trilogy, what's that? Don't know what you're talking about. Moving along. You know yeah, I mean? there's like, there's changes I'd like to see in probably each of the films. Yeah, but too long, too gone. I didn't write the movies. <laughs> wait, wait, what? I can't. There's things <laughs> I'd like to see change in all the films, but okay, but those cannot be changed okay. because they have been released and these things are set in stone now. Unless Disney does another mass exodus of the Star Wars films. <laughs> About yeah, those first nine not canon no more. Yeah, this is, here's a new set of. 20. Here's what's canon. The Christmas special, the Mandalorian, <laughs> and uh, Clone the, Wars. The, oh, not, not the new one, the OG one yeah. with like the 2D animation yeah, style. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Total Drama Island is also now canon. <laughs> Boba Fett yoga, uh, yoga, what we talked about. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get too into detail about it, but it gets me excited. And uh, I don't want to be disappointed in the end, but I would love, to, like I said, love to see some of these Jesus things. Jesus Christ, could you imagine if the only things left canonically were the holiday special the mandalorian uh uh greet or no han shot first or, or no greedo shot first i'm yeah. sorry greedo shot first is canon and that one deleted scene from that they added to empire strikes back where Chewie throws a fucking uh stormtrooper into the closet on uh on hoth do you remember that yeah and they're like banging those that's the only thing left that's canonical in star wars hey man it, it, stranger things have happened it's not like this Disney hasn't wiped full-blown fucking cannon and just wiped it completely clear. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get around to Knights of the Old Republic, man, because you're going to like that story. Yeah. Uh, with this, because I talked about this last week, I'm like, I want more Star Wars-related stuff in my life right now because it's just getting me jazzed up and excited. Yeah. We went through four. And f- we went through four. No, we went through Rogue One, four, and five yesterday. With the daughter? Yeah. Uh, she's just, she's just kind of just hanging out. But me, Adrian's like, whoa. By the way, uh, we've talked about this before, but Rogue One, really fucking good. Yeah, phenomenal. Just throwing that out there. 
What the fuck? It was fantastic. Even excluding the last five minutes, still a fucking great film. I mean, it, it is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but like my my wife and I had a good had a good laugh for it. It's like it's funny because they develop so many good, interesting characters. And they just said, fuck it, we're going to kill them all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, which, they, which they had to because it makes sense for them because they had to. But I love like how they were just like, well, we're going to make all these characters really interesting and want you to know more. But we're just going to kill them all in the end. You know what's hilarious about that? That's I was up. literally 24 hours ago talking about how they did the exact same thing for Halo fucking Reach. Yeah. And so how it was a prequel to the main line story of how these six characters gave their lives so our main crew can survive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, I don't know. There's something funny about it. But with that being said, I don't want to drag this on forever. Yeah, so let's uh, Charlie Brown into gaming. Sure. Um, so Amazon, um, very much like Disney, has kind of their hands in everybody's pockets. Mm-hmm. So they have in development an MMORPG. Okay. And then they're trying to get into the internet provider business. They're trying to set up an Amazon ISP. Thoughts on this? Fog them. Sure. All right. Is that it? Yep. I think if the ISP is competitive and perhaps viable against guys like Comcast and AT&T, I'm not opposed to switching over. But at the moment, uh, I got to see prices. I got to see plans. I got to see what's guaranteed and what's not. Correct. Uh we all we all know my feelings about Amazon, and I want them to collapse as quickly as they rose up. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the more competition, the better, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I feel like Comcast and AT and T, especially in the Midwest, have been like uber comfy for the past two decades. Yeah. And I mean, like, we don't have Google Fiber yet, mm-hmm. and so who's next up to bet? Amazon, probably, right? Correct. Yeah. So if they get like some quality fucking internet out by us, like the Chicagoland area and the South suburbs, mm-hmm. oh, now we can dance. Yeah. We might have to take a look at that uh, moving forward, but I try my best not to give Amazon any of my money moving forward. <laughs> sure. Totally understandable. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's kind of how that operates. Did you see this next one, the Xbox Series X? Yeah. Okay. So I saw it, and I didn't look too much into it because I wanted you to explain it to me. Sure. What the fuck is this thing? <laughs> so it is the next gen. It is the Xbox 360, 720. 1080 is what's supposed to be the 1080. Okay. Um, what what was the Project Scarlet then? What the fuck is that? That was, I guess, a working title. And the Series oh. X is the official title. Okay. Okay. So that's the explanation for that. First of all, I, li- I like the name, the Series X. Mm-hmm. I think that's sleek. And when you hear it, you know it's going to be like all black, like matte black. You know what I mean? It's very PC of them. Yeah. And it's not just having talking about the design of the goddamn thing, but... Yeah, so let's talk about the design. What do you think of it? Because everybody's like, oh, it looks like a trash can. Well, but that's the fucking thing. It's like they can fucking complain about They do this, every, especially with Xbox, I feel like, recently. Every year that when they come out with the new design, they're constantly complaining about what it looks like. Oh, the last one looked like a, the fucking uh, Xbox one looks like a VCR. How many times did we hear that? You know what I mean? Whatever. As, you know, as long as it fits comfortably on your shelf, that's all that really fucking matters. Because half the time, you're not staring at the fucking you're console. Staring at the screen. You're staring at the screen, you asshole. Why do we care about how it looks? Granted... You know, the sleek design is cool, but who cares at the end of the day? Who really cares? I actually quite like the design a lot. Uh, I mean, I don't hate and it. I think it's uh, – well, because first of all, it looks like a uh, like a mini ITX build, which is a smaller form factor computer build that I love to build PCs in, right? Um, <laughs> and then the next thing, I think it's genius from an engineering standpoint because standing upright, uh, hot air and naturally rises, mm-hmm. and they have one big-ass fan in there just kicking that shit out. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just so – like, work with the elements. Is it raised off – off the ground like does it have like i'm sure it has standoffs but from the pictures i couldn't see any but i'm sure it will come with like little one inch legs or whatever so it has like air but yeah it'll kick that hot air right out Mm -hmm. better cooling uh it's gonna be quieter which i think is a big thing that my ps4 is getting noisy (laughs) i don't know if your new one's getting noisy yet but my my i still have my og one it's getting noisy the the the, the one the original one i had yeah but it it was getting kind of jet turbine a little bit Uh, um maybe and half the time in here when I'm gaming, I have my headset, my headphones on anyways, so I really don't play that cl- close attention to what exactly it sounds like. But from what I recall, I remember that being quite loud. Um, yeah. Well, it's different when I guess you're like watching a movie on the TV or whatever, because yeah. my PlayStation 4 is also my stream box. Mm-hmm. Sure, for sure. Um, as far as design, it, I, I don't mind it. It looks like I said, it looks very much like a PC. I wonder what the 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 the, the decision making on that was. I do like the name. I think it is sleek, and I think it opens up the possibility from him them doing like the X two, the X three, whatever moving forward, which might be the best choice for them. Yeah, at this point, considering how convoluted their naming system has gotten, um, no, nothing wrong with that. But you know, it is what it is. But um, yeah, I was like. It was really confusing to me because I was so used to Project Scarlet being like the thing. 
And then they announced this. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> I had no idea what they were even talking about. Uh, it, it looks fine, though. Um, we're starting to see early footage from the next generation of games. Uh, you're a PC guy, so it really doesn't make much of a difference to you. But to me, everything looks pretty cool. Well, yeah. Uh, the big argument, I have a buddy who absolutely hates the Series X. And he's like, oh, just spend the extra two, $300 and build a PC. It's like, yeah, I guess that's a valid point, especially now that most of these Xbox games are you know, cross-play compatible on Correct. PC and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But there is something special about owning a console. There's nothing like gaming on a console mm-hmm. aside from gaming on a console. My big thing is that it's four generations backwards compatible all the way back to the OG Xbox One. I still have most of my OG Xbox games. I still have a lot of my 360 games. And the fact that I can use the Xbox One controller that I bought for my PC with the Series X, Mm -hmm. that's a very good selling point for me because now these things aren't collecting dust. Absolutely. They are, in fact, very viable. And I kind of mentioned to my buddy as I was like, I like where this is going, but it's going to come down to obviously price point mm-hmm. and then it's going to come down to what the PlayStation 5 has to compare with correct you know and i think we're going to get down to like i mentioned a couple of weeks ago exclusivities mm-hmm. and features yeah yeah because if the PlayStation 5 is backwards compatible that's probably the easiest sell you've ever gotten yeah. i'm sure you still have most of your library I, I do have a lot of them in the garage yeah so you know it, it comes down to like that it's like Let's see who one ups the other this gen because it's pretty close now, man. Yeah. La- last year, last gen was a landslide. Yeah, landslide defeater, baby. That's my one. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just thought it was a pretty interesting presentation. Yeah, and they kind of just tossed it in there. What felt like at the end of this, uh, what was it? The Indie Game Awards, the the, v- no, the, the VGAs, the, the TGAs, the Game Awards. Or yeah, and it just kind of felt like weirdly sprinkled in there, but whatever. Yeah, um, well, we've talked about the subtlety of these companies doing like smaller like announcements, which is okay with me. I think it kind of, I think it, I kind of like the fact that we're able to sprinkle gaming news like sporadically throughout the year, as opposed to having to just wait for E3 to come up for all the fucking shit to be, bomb to be dropped. You know, um, so I don't mind it too much. I think it's interesting, but um, yeah, I mean. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be cool, <laughs> but uh, we've talked about my allegiance yeah, on I mean, these things. There's nothing wrong with being loyal, but there's also nothing wrong with uh, accepting the other argument. Yeah, sure. And, uh, you know, I, ho- I hope it does well. I think it's important to uh, for all these companies to do well, because as long as these things do well, gaming will continue to live on and be like a viable media moving forward. I, I think at this point, it's so ingrained in kind of our culture that it's not going away, but... For me and you, people who were gaming before gaming was cool. Yeah, back when, uh, oh, you play video games? Yeah, exactly. Uh, before it was like accepted by like mass media and things and like that. Women. <laughs> and, and women. Um, you know, um, I, I like seeing it being successful overall. And uh, I don't give a fuck what goes on on the Xbox. Uh, I don't even waste the time to argue with people about it. You know, it is what it is. You like what you like. At the end of the day, it comes down what what games you yeah, want to play. It comes down to selling point yeah. because my playstation library excluding the four is three games on the one you know what i mean mm-hmm. so the ps5 if it is backwards compatible makes more sense for you mm-hmm. financially absolutely whereas you know i had an og xbox but for sure yeah so interesting points i'm excited to see um these kind of two behemoths clashing at it again because mm-hmm. last gen was disgusting it was no bueno for any for, for xbox correct uh talk to me about godfall so Godfall is uh, one of the other things that they announced at the TGAs, the Game Awards, or whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the Game Awards. Yeah, um, is one of the other things that they announced. Godfall is essentially gonna be one of the launch titles for the PlayStation Five, which is the first time we've heard such language about the PlayStation Five. Um, obviously, we know it's coming, but like I said, this is the first time we've heard the linguistics of "Hey, this is gonna be a launch title for the PlayStation 5. And I te- I texted you. Earlier in the week, I'm like, it just struck me that th- this, this time next year, at this point next year, I will have a five in my in my office, and that kind of blows my mind a little bit because it, I, I, it, for me, this generation just went by so fucking fast. Like it just well, because I mean? we were like actively involved. You got your stuff like day one, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. And then I got mine a little bit down the line, but I feel like this is the first time we were both financially kind of stable enough to be, independent. Yeah, to be like super involved in this. Whereas like you know when we were like six or seven it's like we can't buy a playstation 2 yeah are you kidding me yeah for sure and uh yeah this is, it went by re- really fast and um i'm looking forward to this next set this godfall game the design of the characters was fucking flawless it looked really really cool really really shiny uh it's, i think it's by platinum games and square enix 
take that which which you will. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be cool moving forward. So um, we're starting to rev up this train for next year where we're going to have a brand new console. And we've never done a console review really on this pod because five was already out by the time we were running or the four. I'm sorry. We're, we're getting close to that point where we're going to need to like upgrade our TVs to even like take full advantage of these new consoles. Correct. Yeah. It's going to be interesting moving forward. Uh, what happens? And uh, Godfall looked cool. Speaking of some Sony related stuff, State of Play, uh, they did that in the middle of the week. Uh, they had some cool stuff to talk about. So, Res 3 called it. Resident Evil 3 has been officially announced and kind of a curveball. Didn't expect this, but it's actually the, the single player campaign component of Project Resistance, which is something that we talked about you know, a couple weeks ago. Yep. And didn't see that coming. I think it's cool. Uh, I think it looks good. Uh, we you know we, we talked about some of the leaks and stuff like that, but just like that into fruition, the trailer was really beautiful. It looked yep, really absolutely. really fucking cool. Uh, let's just make sure that we don't rush either end of this stick, mm-hmm. meaning campaign or multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's not rush either one of these to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. If the campaign's done, don't rush the multiplayer. Just drop one at a time. Yeah, we've it, seen games do that, and I think that's the best route if something's not completely ready. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, you don't want to kill it before it even has a chance to get off the table. Yeah. You, know you don't I mean? want to overcook the rice if the beans are undercooked. You correct, know? correct, correct. Yeah, that's a good one, actually. I yeah. like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it looks really cool. And uh, Jill is her name, by the way. We're really bad with that last yeah. week. Uh, Jill looks fucking fantastic. Miguel looks great. You know, um, it's going to be good. Um, I might have to bundle these two things together as far as the Resident Evil 2 remake and the 3. Maybe just wait until. I'm sure there'll be a bundle. Yeah, you think? for like forty bucks. Yeah, I'm probably sure they, in a year or two. Yeah, there probably be something. And I'd I was, imagine there'd be like a PS5 bundle you could get relatively yeah. early in that life cycle. Yeah, I'd imagine that too. I'm sure that they are have their hands on, on yeah, that stuff. Just make sure you have like toilet paper, wet wipes, um, <laughs> wet wipes, <laughs> Xanax, Xanax. Okay, at the ready. Sure, absolutely. And, uh, oh, make sure like your blinds are closed on this window right here because <laughs> you're gonna like fucking turn around and see the bush move and you're gonna shit your pants. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that game made me fucking jump. Okay, cool. It made Nikki jump, and he's a big motherfucker. Daddy? I got to get into that. Good stuff. Oh, Untitled Goose Game is coming to console. How do you feel about that? Because it was on Epic, and it was on Switch. It it was actually really funny because they announced like that with the Muppets. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, at the Game Awards, and it was fucking hysterical. Dude, I, I have not touched Beaker yet. I am so fucking ready, though. Yeah. Beaker's one of my favorite Muppets. My, mine, too, and he's fucking hilarious. And just kind of the whole setup where the fucking Goose was freaking out at the at the the you know the Game Awards when they're trying to announce whatever fucking they were announcing. Beaker was like, ah! And he was, like, wrestling with the damn thing. Man. Are you going to uh, buy it? I might. Dude, it's a really great puzzle game. I and might. it has a lot of charm. I might. Honestly, we'll see. I got, I got a day one. No regrets. Okay, cool. There, I'm not even done with it completely because there's like a lot of extra stuff to do. It was it's it was just it ha- it sold me just on the beaker thing because that shit had me. You, you know what's <laughs> hilarious? Uh, I feel like this time last year and for probably the collective millennia, we just fucking hated geese, and then like this last year, <laughs> we we're like we love the goose, right? No shit, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I think that's uh that's good stuff moving forward. And the beaker thing, like I said, hilarious. How, how I love it? How perfectly can you match two things that have absolutely nothing in common, right? <laughs> that like don't even speak. <laughs> yeah, it, it is so good. So yeah, that was really cool. Spell break. Yeah. We saw some footage finally out loud, out and about. It looks fucking sick. Yep. It's a lot of fun. And it, I believe it's coming to console. It is coming to console. It was on the, the PlayStation 4 State of Play. Um, yeah. So Spellbreak, essentially, take your favorite Battle Royale, mix it up with Smite, you got Spellbreak, essentially. Um, and it looks good. And it might be something that your boy may have to invest some time into. <laughs> it, there's a big curve. On learning, but it is a blast to play. I'm okay with learning the learning curve. <laughs> I play Smite. I I got this. Yeah, I got this. I. But uh, yeah, it looks really fucking cool. Speaking of things that look cool, Babylon Fall. All right, this is coming out too. Looks good. Uh, and Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, that one uh, game of the year as well. Ghost of Tsushima. How did it win game of the year? It's not even out yet. Oh, I'm thinking of um, uh, Sekiro Shadow Fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoopsie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is coming out. Um, they showed full full stuff at the Game Awards. They only give us a little snippet on the state of play. Looks cool. I think it's um, in the genre of, the, I guess it's a genre now where they call it Souls games. Yeah, because yeah. it's from software. Yeah, so uh, you know it's within the kind of the same category, right? Um, where it's going to be kind of hard and parry based and stuff like that. So it looks good. Uh, I like a lot of the design choices they've made. It made it look really good. Um, 
and hopefully it doesn't disappoint because I think this might be outside of the last of us too, one of the final hurrahs on the, on the console as well. You know on what I mean? Gen? On the four. Damn. Yeah. We are really wrapping up this gen. Yeah. Ooh. It's a little scary, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, we got, uh, Oh, so last week's thing, we kind of mentioned how some of the best games from each generation. So, uh, we have three games that we both chose from PlayStation 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to go first? Actually, I, I I got three. I think they're all three were on the PlayStation 2. I've changed my mind on the PlayStation 2. Wow. On all three of those games? No, I'm just saying just th- th- I'm picking three games as like a best representation of the PlayStation 2. And that's Sly Cooper. I completely wow. forgot. Wow. Holy shit. I, I, wow. I completely forgot about the Sly Cooper games because they were so fucking fun. So Sly Cooper's taken all three of those for me. At least because they were like probably one of the better IPs that came out during the time period. A completely unique idea uh, and just really well put together games, which I'm surprised we haven't seen. Uh, who's who's we have a four? Yeah, but I'm, when, when did that come out? Uh, like super early into the PlayStation 4 life cycle. Well, I'm surprised we haven't seen more of them because Sly was like, I think it was critically acclaimed too. Everybody loves Sly from what I remember. Yeah. Uh, so he was Sly, the, the PlayStation mascot for a little bit. Yes. Yeah, Sly Cooper, he, he was good. Um, and I'm glad that. Uh, you know that, that I was able to remember it, so we could talk about Sly a little bit, and give him a little bit of love because severely underrated, and like I said, kind of a unique gaming experience, kind of that whole thief undercover spy kind of a thing. Yeah, and uh, Sly Cooper, man, that's good stuff. Excellent choices. What about for uh, the PlayStation One? So Metal Gear Solid, mm-hmm. hard to beat that. Uh, what other one came to mind? Shoot, uh, I and this may be my bias. I like the WWF SmackDown games; those were exclusive sure. at the time period. Uh, so that's the second one, and the third one is escaping my mind at the moment. Briscated too. Uh, <laughs> no, because that wasn't ex- exclusive. We talked about that. Well, if it makes you feel any better, a couple of my games weren't exclusive either, but I feel like they best represent the consoles. Okay, go ahead. So uh, for Masters of Terracassi, there you go. No, <laughs> I have a copy of that at home. Yeah. Fun fact: that's okay. one of the one of the three PlayStation One games I have left. Good choice. Uh, yeah, I want to burn my fucking house down sometimes. <laughs> Um, so for the PlayStation 1, Metal Gear, mm-hmm. solid, the OG one. Mm-hmm. Then we have Final Fantasy 7. Good one. Good one. Good one. And then we have Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, and then for the PlayStation 2, probably my third one. Shadow of Colossus, no surprise there. Mm-hmm. San Andreas. Okay. Bully. Bully! Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, I... I can't speak for San Andreas. I know for a fact San, or Bully came out on the Xbox, but nobody played it on the Xbox, dude. True. PlayStation 2 was this kind of behemoth of a fucking, you know, it was like a sun god at the time. And, like, everything was coming out for the PlayStation 2. Dude. And I feel like those three games, uh, surprisingly, two of them are Rockstar, right? That, like, made the cut. And I feel like those three are really, really good representations of just kind of the main line. Like, hey, what PlayStation 2 game should I have? San Andreas. Bully. And then Shadow of the Colossus. I fucking forgot about Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, Jack and Dexter. There, there's a lot of things that I had to kind of like, um, ma- like purposely leave out. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because like, it's hard. Yeah, it, it is really hard. If we did a top five, I think Ratchet and Clank up your arsenal was like probably four. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. And and then yeah, you know, there's like so many things to account for because that thing had such a fucking massive library. Mm-hmm. But I feel like those three games were really like comprehensive of yeah, the time period for sure. Um, yeah, man, it's some good stuff. So, um, yeah, I would have to go with probably Symphony of the Night as well. Yeah, that's play, a good one, man. The PlayStation totally, one. Totally forgot about it too. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I totally, yeah, that's who would have thought. That's interesting. So, um, somebody at Valve, um, I guess woke up because we got Half Life Alex, <laughs> and now we're getting a new Left 4 Dead game. Now, this isn't uh, per se Left 4 Dead Three; is a VR Left 4 Dead game. Um, so, so the Microsoft model is this, right? It goes one, two, three, three is the end mm-hmm. prequel. Four, five, six, because that's what they did with Halo and Gears of War now. And now the Steam model is one, two, VR game, and then question marks. <laughs> <laughs> one, one, two, 10 years, 15 years to wait. <laughs> 10 years, VR game. VR game, yeah. Um, well, uh, apparently the Valve Index did re, or Steam Index, I'm sorry, did really, really well. Same diff. Um, <laughs> and. You know, good for them, and I'm excited to see a new Left 4 Dead game. I think I might just boot up some of the old ones. Shit, man, maybe you should get Left 4 Dead and we can play on PC because you can run Left 4 Dead on a fucking toaster. Really? Yeah. How much it costs? Dude, you can get both games for like six bucks. I have to look into that. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? A toaster. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> you can run it on a fucking toaster, You're dude. You're stupid. That's wrong with uh, you. What was I? Fuck, where was I going with this? So interesting development um, in 
the Valve Steam community. Uh, what, what else are we waiting on? A 3-4. Team Fortress 3? Well, it's Team Fortress VR now, right? Correct. And, um, um, shit. Portal VR? Portal, yeah. Well, we already have Portal VR, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe not an official release. No, definitely not. Well, Portal. Portal, yeah. Yeah. So Portal, man. Hilarious. That, that, that would easily make a top 10 games of the decade. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. That right was... there at like seven or eight, honestly. Yeah, it's up there, dude. <laughs> Good stuff. So Shit, I, do we have to do that too? Oh, man. I don't know. We already got do we got trouble space? with music. Yeah. Do we got space for that? <laughs> Shit, dude. Our, our, our wrap up is just going to be in the past decade. In the past decade. <laughs> Let's talk about the last 10 years of our so life. So God of War gets number one again. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. All right. So that's good. Okay. Left for Dead. That's good. New game. Exciting stuff. Good stuff. Are we ready for music news and reviews? Yeah, sure. Okay, so you got of Mice and Men. You've been jamming at Earth and Sky, an album that came out earlier this year, mm-hmm. and I feel like we both glossed over it. Absolutely, we did. Um, did you do a review? Because I know I didn't. I I, I did um, kind of a initial over, impressions. Yeah, overall comprehension, kind of how I looked at it. Um, and something that I think it needs to be addressed for all parties involved. Um, I think a lot of people have kind of forgotten about them ever since Austin Carlisle bowed out because he got sick. He's been sick his whole entire life. Um, and he bowed out uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, me personally, I like him as a person. I, I'm not a fan of his vocals. Never really have been. Sure. Not to say that he hasn't had music that I've enjoyed, like fucking the flood by the mice and men is probably one of the better albums of the time period. Um, so he's definitely had some good hits, but Anything after that restoring force kind of got lost in the shuffle and everything have subsequently kind of got lost. Uh, ever since he left, um, I think people have forgotten about them. And I just want to kind of prop them up because they still sound good. They are still a good sounding band. People underestimate how good of a vocalist Aaron Pauly is. I think that's his name. Uh, he used to be in, um, oh my God, what's the name of that? Fight? Jamie's Elsewhere. Okay. Uh, he took on the, the bass role after Shay left. Of mice and men, and Shay was like one of my favorite parts about it. So at, probably after he left is when I started to fall off. Um, and this dude is doing good work. He's a good vocalist. The music, um, it's borderline dad metal, borderline, not quite fully overboard because I think it's still very heavy. Uh, I saw, I looked up a live performance of them recently, and um, I'll, if you if <laughs> if the drummer didn't have a mohawk. I think I wouldn't feel as dad metal about it, but he does. So he does. Um, and they're relentless, man. They're, they're still trying to make music that they enjoy. Whether people love it or not is kind of irrelevant to them. They're doing a style of music that's very heavy. Um, and they're trying their best. And I'm not mad at them for it. Good stuff. Uh, so this album dropped. Um, I went through it. I enjoyed a lot of songs. There's nothing really that kind of wowed me. Um, but... A lot of the times I was just looking at the song title. I'm like, oh, that was cool. And they moved on to the next song. Or if they had like a really heavy breakdown, I'm like, whoa, that's cool. That's cool stuff. Basically, I was saying that through the whole entire album. Um, now, like I said, it won't make a list. It won't shift my my list at all for the end of the year. But uh, definitely a solid release from a band that people have forgotten about, which is kind of inspiring me to do the whole year or career in review. Because I don't want to call it the rise and fall because they – haven't plummeted yeah maybe just a a couple of feet yeah but they're still up there absolutely and they're still chugging out good music while when we did with bless the fall arguably arguably kind of dropped in the music quality i don't feel like they have i think they've kind of just put on a different skin and try trying other things now and um so that's coming up it's wild to think that two members from a little you know crab core outfit out of ohio called attack attack both had phenomenally successful bands as a second band like who else can you say that about you know what i mean like whose second band was arguably better fallen in reverse not better but more popular sure sure i mean yeah but that's like a very rare case Mm -hmm. and the fact that carlisle and shomo came from the same originating place correct yeah that's that's definitely interesting uh you know whatever they got going on in that water in ohio yeah speaking about going on in ohio water uh (laughs) Quick little rest in peace to Mr. Nicholas of Fever War, the yeah. vocalist. 23 years old, man. That's Way wild. too young. Way too young. So do we know what happened? He said suddenly he passed away. I was looking. Couldn't find anything. Okay. Uh, dude, this guy was 23. He's my age. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like way too early to go. Scary. And it sucks because Fever War is my album of the year. Surprise. Mm-hmm. Right? I love that album to fucking pieces. Yep. And I never got a chance to see him live. 
And I feel like they were just really starting to hit their stride. Yeah. And it's, it's really fucking sad. So they posted this big thing, like, you know, like hug your friends, tell them you care about them. Cause one day they're not going to be here. It might be uh, just because I was looking, I was looking at the, the statement that they made and they said very suddenly. So it may have been like a medical condition that went on. on Maybe it might have been a car yeah. crash. We, we don't know. Yeah. We, we you don't know what I mean. We don't know exactly know what's going on with that. But yeah, that, that's horrible. Young guy, talented guy. Um, and it's sad to see them, something like somebody like that go so early in life. And uh, yeah, may he rest in peace, poor guy. Good stuff. Let's move into uh, some Jason Butler talk. Uh, so we got some new pressure cracks. Yes. Love it. It's very in your face, metalcore, mm-hmm. hardcore, borderline mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I dig it. And I just don't understand where he has time for all these projects. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, you know, with the used, with the pressure cracks, new fever. Um, well, dude, when do you sleep? He probably doesn't. He, he, he probably doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. Uh, he's a guy, because he, he was a guy who also had illness early in his life. I think he just feels the need to just burn the candle at both ends because he's just like trying to get the most out of this. Yeah. You know, uh, that wouldn't strike, wouldn't be something that strikes me as something that's true with him, you know. Um, and he's doing he's doing this thing. Uh, he's an incredibly talented individual. I've been saying that since his Let Live days. Um, and yeah, it's good stuff. And yeah, I, I listened to the track. Um, not my favorite. Pressure Crack song. I think it was a little bit noisy. That's my opinion. Sure. Uh, but still a good song. Uh, very fast paced. He does that a style of screaming vocals that really you feel like it's really you awesome. know you know it's him. It's yeah. unique. It's unique and it's very raw. I feel like it's not overproduced at all. I feel like it's him like losing his mind in a booth. That's how I feel about all, but basically all his performances. Yeah, but. him and Burt McCracken nail that like psycho voice down. Absolutely, to a fucking T. Absolutely. So. Um, yeah, it's it's good stuff, but what's with that? I mean, you, I don't know if you saw. Oh, actually, no. Let's do your thing first, and then we'll talk. Well, about let's it. talk about Fever because we're talking about Jason. Yeah, so Fever three three three. They've dropped a new song. Uh, I actually kind of like it, but I was thinking about this because the Fever three 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 was a project that you and I were very like looking forward to, mm-hmm. very excited about. X Chariot, yeah. X Let Live, yeah. Uh, we were very excited about when it was like first being announced. We we loved that first album ep i mean it's eight songs you'd fucking do whatever you want with it yeah. or whatever um uh, we liked that quite a bit the next album wasn't bad but it, it didn't quite wow us like we wanted it to and with me i was sitting there and i'm like they have a formula i think that's kind of the problem i think they have their their even like the vocal delivery on a lot of these songs are very similar and i have a hard time distinguishing one song from another with them because of that similarity between kind of deliveries and how the song sounds, which I think is the problem with fever three, 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 why it doesn't quite connect with me in the same way. A lot of his other projects do. Um, and I just wanted your opinion on it. What, what about fever three? Is it the over political aspect of it? No, man, I think political bands do a lot of good, especially in a time of turmoil in our country. Now, mm-hmm. I think we need more political bands to come out and, you know, kind of state how they feel. I think, um, I think the issue is the way that, for me at least, is the way that Fever 333 is kind of developed from this Cali punk band into hip hop territory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. I, I fuck with Death Grips, and I like a lot of this kind of, like, bounce core stuff that we've come across. Mm-hmm. I just think that maybe um, more breakdowns, uh, you know, that's that's a big thing. Uh, bring Down-tune that shit. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and I think part of the issue, because this is a three-piece, right? And so... If all of you guys are kind of on the same wavelength, there's nobody pushing you to break boundaries or like hop out of the box. You know what I mean? Sure. Whereas Let Live was what a five piece. Yeah, five piece. Yeah, it was a five piece. And you know, I don't know how their group dynamic was. I, I wasn't there for their band meetings or their album writing. But L- live though. Yeah, live they meshed. But like, I, I'd imagine it's something similar with Slipknot. It's like once you put on the mask, you're a different person. But mm-hmm. in the writing room and in the studio, I'd imagine there was a lot of like disagreement i'd imagine there was a lot of well how about you try this i th- i think you could tell just by how different each release is from each other with, with let yeah live. no two let live albums even feel the same that's good this is it's very it's very true i mean uh i think but i, I i'm saying is, is this what it looks like when jason butler is left unchecked oh so who is he now fucking uh, Hideo Kojima. Hideo yeah. Kojima. no dude i i think um we've spoken about bands like um the plot in you, which is very clearly a Landon Tours project. Correct. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't think Fever is a Jason Butler project. I think the other two members are holding their own in this trifecta. I just think that, yeah, maybe they have found a formula that works for them, or maybe they have gotten a little bit complacent. Maybe they're focusing more on the 
lyrical content as opposed to breaking out of the musical box they're in. Sure. You know, because they are probably one of the more politically charged bands right now, easily, right? Correct, yeah. Um, do you, because uh, Jason Butler, you are an animal, and as long as you keep cracking them out, man, we're going to keep listening. For sure. We may not love every release, but I'm sure if Let Live went on long enough, there'd be some shit we'd like disagree about. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe down the line. <laughs> I'm sure there's a Let Live song you can't stand out there. Mm-mm. No? Mm-mm. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Even the the last album, which I wasn't crazy about. There's uh, not American a- History? No. Copper uh, Colored Quiet? No. no that, those are both singles off it. Fuck. Uh, what's the name of the song? The album. If I'm the Devil or whatever. Yeah. Whatever the name of the yeah. fucking and album is. The, the white and like, the, red orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't my favorite album by them by far. I mean, you never get better than Fake History. This is my opinion. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, actually, see, because that's super interesting because, like, Let Live is in that same spot that Every Time I Die is and It's like there's not a wrong answer for your favorite album because it still is a quality fucking album. For sure. Like, for that's sure. my number two after Fake History. Yeah. So, um, you know, I just think it's kind of a, an interesting thing. Um, and it makes me sad that we don't have Let Live anymore. <laughs> Can we get a? Uh, we'll have pressure cracks. We'll have fever, and then we'll have a let live reunion. That would, fu- I would. And then Jason, just give give Jason like a bunch of pre workout and just <laughs> cocaine between sets. I mean, whatever gets him going. He by. just doesn't leave the stage for three hours. He could probably do it too, knowing he, him. He how probably t- for how long though? Maybe maybe if it was like a five date tour. Yeah. Sure. Like I don't a, know for like a thirty date tour. You, you do like a New York, a Los Angeles, a Chicago, a Houston, and like something like something in between. Something in between. Like maybe Seattle or something, like one of the bigger bigger oh, cities man. out there. And just fucking go ape shit for three hours. Like, well, yeah, let live coming back for five shows. Fucking do four, do four hours. Give it the let live two hours to fucking play their shit. Because <laughs> that's how much I love let live. I told my wife, I'm like, I love them. I'm like, I, I love everything about let live and everything they chose to do. Every subsequent release, even, it was all different. There was, like you said, there's no two albums built exactly the same. And that's why they were so fun, you know? Um, but yeah, so sorry about that. I just want to, yeah, it was just something that struck my mind when I was, I was sitting there at work. The but, other day. but but that is a really interesting, good point you bring up, though, because uh, there is another band that is formulaic, Rise Against, but we've never had issue with the way they do their stuff because there's a rough outline, but the way they fill in their details vary from song and album and production Correct, yeah. and stuff like that. And so I'm curious to see what it is about Fever at the moment that's rubbing us the wrong way, whereas, you know, because. Rise Against is implementing the same fucking overarching technique, right? At Correct. the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's a definitely something that's interesting. I don't know. Maybe, um, maybe because, especially when it's so quickly, because it like, the fever has not been around that long in like was, 18 months, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, I wonder where the fatigue comes from for me. You know, you know what it was? It's maybe it's just because they like blew up way too fucking quick. That could be it. You know, because like X Chariot, X Let Live, like everybody who's been in this scene for the past. 5, 10, 15 years is going to have some sort of investment. Yeah. Because the chariot's gone. Let Live's gone. Um, and I forget where the third guy is Me too. I is he ex-Norma Jean? No. Or am I thinking of another band? Let me look. Hold on. Sorry. But but like regardless, like these three gentlemen are fucking veterans of the scene. So when you hear that these guys that have been pretty much on the road for most of their life have been doing this, you're going to want a piece of it. And you're going to want a piece of that action. You know what I mean? For sure. So did you, did you find him yet? I'm looking. I'm looking. I gotta I'm make looking. more small talk. Yeah, make more small talk. So, so small talk. Small talk. Uh, so I I think that the way this band came together was a great thing, and those early like dingy shows in a donut shop parking lot <laughs> definitely helped solidify like, hey, we are a fucking punk band. But the way the band itself has progressed and the content and kind of everything in between the music kind of like read in between the 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 notes you know what i mean for sure i think everything between that has gone a very different way than what we perhaps have expected them of because uh, butler's not a bad vocalist by a long stretch no, there's not, not the, the drummer isn't a bad fucking drummer you know what i mean hmm. and the guitarist is also fucking good it's just what is missing here don't know couldn't tell you we need, <laughs> we need two bassists that's yeah, right. For sure. But uh, yeah, I couldn't find out where he was from. But for sure, the other two, obviously, we know where they're from. So yeah, man, I don't know. Something interesting. Speaking of something interesting. Uh, Bleed From Within dropped a new single. Uh, let me pull up the name of it. I actually listened to it on the fucking way here, but I can't remember the damn name. of it. Is it on the agenda? Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. The End of All We Know. Good stuff. I listened to it. Um, they are... Parkway Drive. <laughs> are, yeah, our Parkway Drive replacement. I think there's a little bit more... 
I mean, I don't want to say personality because Balls. Parkway Drive is a personality. Balls. You know? Yeah, I think there's a lot more gall in this one. Mm-hmm. Like the punch connects, mm-hmm. and it's one of those where you get hit in the jaw, and the dude's fist stays there. Mm-hmm. He doesn't draw it back immediately. Mm-hmm. And uh, I quite like it. I'm excited to see what these guys come out with next. They mm-hmm. had a lot of fire kind of push them because you know, like we said, Parkway Drive dropped that album. Nobody gave a crap about. And now the natural replacement, the order of things, mm-hmm. the way the cookie crumbles. The universe balances out, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. For every band that started, for every Bring Me the Horizon, there is a plot in you. Correct. Or there is an Ice Nine Kills, uh-huh. I think would be the better analogy. True. True. true, true. But how'd you feel about it? Uh, yeah, it was good. Uh, I actually watched the video, and it looks like the fucking ending fight scene from The Last Jedi. <laughs> it was all red and shit. I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. Cool. Uh, I didn't, actually didn't even know what these guys looked like before, so I'm like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, seeing bands is interesting. I uh, I looked at the guys from To the Wind, and I was like, man, I pictured you guys so differently. Dude, I got fucking thrown for a loop. This is like years and years ago, but I got thrown for a loop when I found out Howard Jones was black. <laughs> that's just, I'm like... Then I'm like, I sat there and thought, I'm like, of course he's black. That voice is fucking booming. <laughs> he said, wait. Yeah. And then, no, of course. Yeah, that, that, that totally makes sense. I'm like, shit. I'm like, wait a minute. He had to do a double That's take. That's a black guy? I'm like, of course it's a black guy. <laughs> no, seriously. That's what happened. I'm, that is fucking hilarious. I was like 11 actually. or something, 12. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, every time I die, I dropped a new song the other night at the show. Oh. Uh, Speaking of which, yeah, yeah, let's talk about that real quick. Fucking, they played 26 songs on the first night and like 25 on the second night. Yeah. And of nuts. course, the one song I want to see live that I haven't seen live yet, El Dorado, they played last night. I'm Correct. Like, God fucking damn it. I should have went. There is footage of Andy Williams picking a motherfucker over and his head yep. and tossing him into the crowd. And Adriana's like, it looks like those people didn't catch him. I'm like, it really did it. It looked Man. like the dude fucking hit an elevator and went down hard. It, it's weird <laughs> seeing a show that you should have been at. You know what I mean? Sure. For sure. Because yeah. uh, when I went in 2018, I was right up against that fucking barrier, bro. Andy was sweating on me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, they do the beer releases. And, of course, they do a decane with the boys beer this year. And I was like, God damn it. Yeah. They called it. It's not an India pale ale. It's an India black ale, bro. I, I don't know what the fuck that entails, but it sounds good. It does sound good. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, man. Um, yeah, there's some funny stuff. Dayseeker got their fucking van and trailer stolen. Unbelievable. Fucking bullshit. I'm mad. I mean, why do people do that shit, man? Money. Like, easy money. They're fucking ridiculous. I, I, I imagine it's probably easier to flip instruments than it is a van, but that's yeah. just, you know, I'm sure you price your instruments have serial numbers, but... That being said, yeah, it, it absolutely sucks, especially for a band like Dayseeker that's kind of younger and they don't have all this crazy big insurance policy to fall back on. I feel like they had bad things like that happen to them a lot. Them, Harm's Way, yeah, uh, Space Cowboy. A lot of these bands that are kind of making waves out of the newer guys have had their shit stolen or have had something fucked up. Who got their car stolen in Chicago or their van stolen in Chicago recently? Didn't you tell me a story about that? Was it Harm's Way? <laughs> No, because I feel like they would know better. There was a yeah, band that was sure. playing in like a shitty neighborhood, smaller venue, and they got their car stolen, their van stolen or whatever. Mm. Yeah, and I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but sounds about right. Interesting. All right. Yeah, man. I mean, it is what it is. But yeah, um, I believe, Gabe. Is that it? That was episode 143 of the That's 143? Yeah. Of the Second City Kids podcast. So uh, next week, we got a lot of stuff. Coming up, um, you know, we got the the ten albums of the the ten decade defining albums from the from our scene of music. Absolutely, we got the Star Wars review. Uh, I'm sure that's already an hour. Right yeah, there. I'm sure. Well, because I think we had a whole episode dedicated to it. We had a couple. For, yeah, for seven and eight. So, um, I'm sure we got a lot of stuff to talk about next week, and that's not even including anything that may pop up in the meantime. Yeah, so that's not including music. Yeah. Absolutely. So you you know we'll catch you guys here next week for the Second City Kids podcast. This was episode 143. We'll see you here next week for 144. And until then, deuces. Thank you guys for joining us this week on the Second City Kids podcast. You can like us on iTunes, Google, anywhere else podcasts are found. Any comments, questions, or concern, you can email us at secondcitykids at gmail.com. Until next week, folks. Deuces.